Let the universe hear what you want this year so you can have it. Welcome to the Create Your Best Year podcast with your host, Clara Angelina Diaz Anderson. In this podcast, we help you to find and receive what you want this year, give you tips, stories, and interviews of what others are doing to create their best year. Welcome. Hey, hey, I'm here with Kevin Ball. Welcome everyone to the Create Your Best Year podcast. I am honored to have my dear colleague and friend, Kevin Ball. Uh, Kevin, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me today on your program. I'm excited to have you. So I'll share a little bit about how I came to know Kevin, like I always do with my other guests. So um, Kevin and I both teach a class called Leadership Coaching Strategies at Harvard University, Continuing Education, and now uh, Continuing Education and Professional Development Programs, but now got rebranded to like Executive Education. Yes. Yeah, so we, we're, we're colleagues and I have been, we've been exchanging ideas and connecting and Kevin, let me take this moment to tell you how grateful I am for, for this connection. It really does mean the world to me. Likewise. I feel the same way. Appreciate you. Wonderful. I, I'm I'm so, so grateful. And uh, Kevin has done the amazing work of putting his knowledge, some of his knowledge, into this beautiful little book right here, a little nugget. It's called The Invisible Visible Us, See Ourselves as Others See You. So I wanted to take this opportunity to introduce you to the wisdom um, and the magic that is Kevin and some of his work. And so Kevin, the question that I ask everyone uh, as they come on the Create Your Best Year podcast is, who are you in the world, Kevin? Who am I in the world? Well, the, the question itself brings me to a response that I often say when people ask me, where am I from and who I am? I travel a lot. I've lived abroad, lived in Japan when I was in the Marine Corps, been all over Latin America, been to a lot of different places. And people always ask, Kevin, where are you from? And the response I say, I'm an earthling. So let that sink in for a minute as we all ponder the question you just asked me. Earthling. Yeah, earthling. Earthling. I'm an earthling as we all are, but what we do, and this is leading up to answering your question. What we do, we have these borders and barriers in our mind. We create maps that draw hard lines. We have words on paper that describes where we're placed on the planet. But one astronaut said in this Blue Planet documentary I watched years ago, he said when he was orbiting the earth, there was no maps. There was no map. There, there are no maps. There are no maps. There was no words. There was no borders. He just looked at a beautiful blue pearl that we all exist on. Oh. So to answer your question, who am I? I am a person who is really connected to the magnetic force of the planet. Oh. I channel the energy from the universe and all the elements in our body are in the universe. So we're not separate from it. We are a part of it. 
Yes, that's we are. Me. Yes, we are, Kevin. Yes, <laughs> that's who I am and that's how I vibrate. Oh, you see, I I love asking this question because it's always more than I think it's going to be. And I love it. Um, and it, and it, um, it really also showcases for me, um, you know, like our, our connection, um, that I know goes, you know, beyond being colleagues of this, you know, and, and teaching this one class, I know that, you know, we vibe at this, at this similar, uh, frequency. Um, and I, and I sense that in your response. So thank you for that earthling. Um, and thank you for um, drawing that picture for us, you know, of, yes, we're here, we have these maps, these borders and these beliefs, right, to add another B to that, um, that um, kind of defines, right, in a way, how people perceive us and how we operate um, in the world. And um, just take a moment for, for people to digest what that means. I um that that brings me to this wonderful little book that you wrote here, The Invisible Visible Us, right? And it's if I I I can summarize in one word is is what I got from the book is really understanding the practical use and impact of emotional intelligence in your everyday life, like both personal personal in your personal life and in your professional life right tell me tell me about the title before we dig into the the content yeah. of the book sure so you, you know the old school saying you know um you can't see the forest for the trees you can't see the forest for the, the, the trees. trees yes i've, I've also heard my friend would say you need to get out of your own way so the invisible visible us means that we can see ourselves, but do we understand how other people see us? Mm. So a lot of time we're always thinking about ourselves. We have this self-regulation piece that we have as human beings, right? It's natural. We have the fight or flight. So we're always thinking about ourselves. But when we start thinking about other people and how they perceive us, how can that help change our relationships for the better? Once we understand, like I have to understand how you view me. Not saying that we care so much that we know we're vain. It's not that. It's about being able to build sincere relationships, right? Being able to get business done, to be able to teach and learn from each other. So perception is real because it's in our head. If I perceive you to be a certain way, you're that way no matter how you perceive yourself. So we, we know the whole with them, right? What's in it for me? But I'm, I'm talking about the with you, what's in it for the, the, what's in it for them, the with it, what's in it for them. So that's part of the title of the book. We're invisible, but we're visible. We can see ourselves. Sometimes we don't see ourselves. Right. But we're, we have to wonder how other people perceive and view us. It's important for the foundation of good relationships. Oh, Lord, there's so much to dig into what you just said there. But what I, I, a couple of things that you said that I love is creating a foundation for sincere relationships, right? It's when I think of the opposite of what a sincere relationship is, is a one-sided relationship. 
That's right. You know, um, an extractive right. relationship as opposed right. to a generative right. relationship. Right. And right to get and to get to get stuff done, to get business done, to right. to live our lives in harmony with with the people that are around us to reduce conflict and increase possibilities <laughs> and as i'm as i'm listening to you say this kevin right the the first question that comes to mind for me i feel like i'm channeling people's questions that say hey like i can already identify myself as being as operating under sometimes I can be one-sided sometimes I don't know I don't know how else to be I don't know how else to be and I've heard that a lot I've heard that a lot from, from folks you know what my response is what is it how curious are you how curious are you about the way that other people think and why they think the way they do are you curious about how things operate and why things are built the way they're built are you curious about why someone has a certain inflection in their voice or body movement and oh. body language, which is the most part of what we communicate, not the words that are coming out of our mouths? That's also part of the invisible, visible you. Most of the time, we can't see ourselves when we're talking. You and I can see each other now. If I'm looking at you, I can kind of see my, my visual out of my, out of my uh, peripheral. But most of the times, we can't see ourselves when we're talking. And you can't control the muscles in your face and your body language when you're speaking. That means if you're not aware of yourself and how other people are perceiving you, how can you adapt? Right. And I'm going to play, I'm going to, I'm going to play the role of, of, of someone, someone who's listening, who's like, well, I don't got time for that. I don't got time for that. Curious. We got work to do. We got to go. <laughs> <laughs> I got five. I got wait. I got five minutes for this check in. I got. My, right. <laughs> it's a fifteen minute weekly check in. Right. You know, with my direct supervisor and I, with my direct employees, and guess what? I got twenty of them. So, right. Kevin, what am I to do? I'm going to go back to another old adage: We need to slow down to speed up. Oh, say that again. Say that again. We need to slow down in order to speed up. We need to slow down in, in order, order to, to speed up. And here's the story of my grandfather, James H. Ball, passed away at 94 years old, a rancher, self-taught air, air, um, air, air, airline mechanic. Um, he had a ranch in Texas, 100 acres. So we get hold, a on, hold on a second. He was a self-taught oh, airline mechanic. Yeah. He taught himself mechanics. Yeah. This, is, this is where I'm from. At any rate, I would get up at five o'clock in the morning with him when I moved to Texas after I got out of the Marine Corps, and we would work the ranch. Had about 80, 90 head of cattle. You know, he grew stuff. We grew the food that grew the cattle. But we'd get up at five, and we wouldn't stop working until around seven o'clock in the evening. But this man, I was 23, just out of Marine Corps. I mean, I was, you know, I was jacked up. I was muscles, like strong guy. And he would wear me out but he moved like a turtle. We accomplished so much in one day because we were moving slow, because we were being very deliberate 
we weren't, let me tell you another story. I picked up a bale of hay twice before I put it in the truck. He said, why are you picking up that bale of hay and putting it down over there and then going back and putting it in the truck? Pick up the bale of hay and pack it in the truck. One move. So I said, you know what? He's right. So I took two bale hooks. I was strong enough to take two bales of hay, hook one, hook another, bow, bow, put it in the truck. So it's about being lean, efficient, and deliberate, even in your interactions with people. Lean, efficient, and deliberate. So can I share something with you that I that I learned because so I I I'm I'm with you on you gotta go slow to move fast. You right. you have to. And I used to consider myself a very efficient, you know the the trains, the Acela? You know the Acela that just love that one. Yeah. When I was in Boston, I used to take it all the time. Yeah. I was like, that is me. I'm efficient. We're going to go from point A to B. And then once we're at B, we know where we're going to go to C. And everybody's going to come along and it's going to be wonderful. Right. But what would happen to me is when I would get to B, I would be so tired. <laughs> because I, was, I went so fast that I didn't want to go to C. I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need a rest. And that wasn't working out for me. And so then I started to adopt a different... Uh, mentality about myself. I was like, what if I don't want to be a, a solo train? I want to be more like a cruise ship. I love the water, so I can be in the water. I can take way more people with me. It's going to be a lot more fun. Absolutely. You know, you're going to see a lot more. You're going to do a lot more. Yep. I'm going to see a lot more. I'm going to do a lot more. I'm going to get a lot more support. Right. And if I want to turn the ship around, I mean, it's it's gonna it's gonna take it's it's gonna take a lot more. But if I focus on exactly the direction and getting myself prepared, I'm gonna enjoy this journey. And I've been I've been adopting this mentality for like ten years now, of being a cruise ship as opposed to an acela. And I'm telling like my life is unrecognizable from ten years ago. And so I wanted to share that because I know people are listening like. What, what are you talking about? Slow down. Like what? You have to slow down in order to speed up. Another concept to kind of build on that, that I have in the book is what I call the think visibly EI UDA. The yeah. EI stands for emotional intelligence folks. And the UDA comes from the UDA loop created by John Boyd, who was an air force pilot. So observe, orient, decide, and act. So I blended these two concepts together and the EI concept is from Daniel Goldman's Pillars of Emotional Intelligence. So in the book, that is sort of the foundation for some of the stories you will see in the book in terms of how do we not be invisible? How do we see ourselves as other people see us? How do we do that? We do that by observing, orienting ourselves, making a decision and then act with some of our leadership skills. So it's just a, a way to slow things down, right? So we can see them clearly, clearly. You know, when you watch a movie, it's in regular speed and they slow things down in the movie. Like a, you see a, a, a accident or somebody playing sports. When you slow things down, you can see every element. You can see every move so that you can make decisions versus like you said, your cellar analogy, moving really fast, things are going by, it's a blur. 
Now your cruise ship, like, oh, I can see, I can smell the sea. I'm with people. Things are moving really slow, and we're really getting a lot of things done. So that's some of the some of the things we talk about in the book. Yeah, yeah, no, and in, in 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 the book, I I love I love this. You know, we 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 talk about we talked about this model. The your think visibly, EI Uda, emotional intelligence Uda, observation. So it's O O D A, right? Observation, orientation, decision, and action. Right. It happens um, in a split second. It happens in a split second. So actually, the book itself is slowing us down when you read it. Because think about it. When you're in a conversation with someone, I want the audience to think about a heated conversation. Uh -huh. We've all had heated conversations with loved ones, arguments, you know, professional or whatever. So think about a heated interaction. <clears throat> yeah. Are we really orienting, observing, deciding? Are we really doing that? Or are we really doing something really, really fast? There's a comedian, he's passed away. His name is Patrice O'Neill. He's from Dorchester, Massachusetts, from Boston. Mm -hmm. And he said when he was arguing with his girlfriend, what he wanted to say was foul. It was really bad. That was in his stomach. But he didn't say it. He took it to his heart. Wow. And massaged it a little bit. Then he took it to his brain for further analysis. Then he spoke the words. That's what the Uda is. You observe, orient, decide, and act. I thought about him, John Boyd, and other folks when I put that concept in the book. So we really have to slow down, take the emotions out of it, and really have the right response and really digest what other people are saying and be really curious about what they're saying and respond to them. I love it. I, I love it. I, I um, A lot of my clients usually when I start working with them, because I, I work with leaders of color and usually they're underpaid. The first thing that I'm like, we, we got to get you, we got to get you more money. Like we got to get you a raise like yesterday. This is crazy. It's ludicrous. Right. And so I can, I can, um, I can, for, for my, for my listeners, my clients that are listening, I want you to use this when you're asking for more money. Because what people tend to do, it's like, okay, like, you know, they go in with their spiel and their thing and how they're going to ask for more, for more money. Usually I ask, you know, I, I have them, I, I guide my clients to ask questions, but I, I, I want people to, to use this. Absolutely. Observe yourself, observe the other person. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, in, in those situations. Orient yourself. You have to orient yourself, right? And to make the decisions, but. You know, in my experience, you know, asking for more money, the whole professional way that we interact with each other, you know, a lot of times I, I always, more more recently, more the past 30 years or so, mm -hmm. think about what can I do for that other person? How can I be more helpful? What's my value proposition in the big picture of things? And there's this book called The First 90 Days. I read it over and over again whenever I start a new project with a client or start a new job. I don't know if the audience has ever heard of it, but get it, the first 90 days. And in the first 90 days, you think about what you're getting paid for the year. Do the math for three months. Think about how much you get paid for three months. Three months, And that's how much value you need to bring to the company within those three months. That's a great, that's a great uh, practical way to think about how to increase your value 
yes. in an undeniable way. And you can't do that with blinders on. You can't do that by moving fast. You do that by being super curious and learning. True. I love it. I mean, we've we've already given people so much. <laughs> and the teacher in me is like, I don't want to overwhelm you. I want you to practice this stuff. <laughs> Please. Absolutely. Um, I, I wanted to read you a quote, um, Kevin, from the book that I really liked, um, sure. that I felt really um, kind of encompassed the, encompasses the importance of really aligning your intentions and your uh, capacity for emotional intelligence and connection. Um, that I, I just wanted for you to talk about, um, and I'm, I'm going to find it in one moment. But while we do that, um, so what I, what I, I, I wanted to ask you about this, like the, what are the, the benefits, right, of, actually, and I want to ask you a different question, because when you were talking about you said how, you know, you were telling me the story about the comedian, how he took the emotions from his stomach up to his heart and then to his brain. It, it, the, the question for me was, so where does emotional intelligence live in our body? Is it is it in our hearts and minds or where where is it, according to you? I think it happens in our mind. Wow. Our, our, our mind controls everything. It controls every cell in our body. Our brain is the most powerful thing that we have. So that's, that's where it starts in your... That's where it starts. But what's interesting about ourselves and about our, our minds, we really can't comprehend our own brains. Our brains are that complex. Yeah. Right? So if you think about a smell, you can smell it. You can hum your favorite music right now and hear it. How is that possible? How is it possible that we can close our eyes and dream in vivid color and hear you know, a passed away aunt, cousin or whatever. Yeah, and feel the emotions and even be tired yeah. when you wake up from right. the activity in your brain. Right. Yeah. So yeah. That, that environment, that portal, our mind, which we cannot comprehend is a powerful thing. And what we try to do is wield it day in and day out. Day in and day out. I found the quote, and so in, I I wanted to, I want to read this read this to you because I want you to to just talk to us a, just a little bit about it. Where you say on page thirteen that a lack of emotional intelligence not only impedes an individual's personal growth, but also affects the capacity to adapt, to lead, and to collaborate effectively. Yeah, that's that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. If you think about leadership, you think about executives, if you think about people who lead, they have the highest of emotional intelligence, right? Because they're curious. It's not about them. It's about everybody else, uh -huh. right? They know how to build those sincere relationships over time. One person told me one time, oh, Kevin, you're a really good networker. I said, well, I appreciate the compliment but being a good network for me has a negative connotation. It's like oh. I'm passing out business cards and hey, you know, give me a call. We can versus taking years 
to build sincere relationships. And I've had relationships for over 50 years. To nurture. And that is that 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 is rare. It's it's really rare. But that quote that you that you read, the people who possess that ability, curiosity, and desire to learn what emotional intelligence is and what it is, is relationship management. It is self-management, right? It is being aware. It is being self-aware of your situation. It is the UDA. It is observing, orienting, deciding, and acting. But it's really being curious about that other person sincerely. Sincerely. Sincerely wanting to help other people. 100%. And I think that, um, you know, in a time where people are looking for the hacks and the shortcuts and the, and the one pill. Everything is instant, right? Is instant. And so what I'm hearing you say, right, and, and, and what I subscribe to as well is the building of long-term, mutually beneficial, sincere relationships comes from really developing emotional intelligence. And, and and many other things. Absolutely. Um, and and I want to thank you for writing this book because you know this is not it's not like a pill, but it's 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 like small enough, right? That you can sit with this, and you can like read it in a couple hours, honestly, or, or and, less, or less, or less. Yeah. And jot some things down, and 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 you have like some really concrete examples and exercises in here. Um. So this could be somebody's magic pill, um, you know, and then they can obviously contact you for more and, you know, and to continue their learning. Um, so, so thank you for that. Absolutely. You're welcome. And yeah. And so my, the, the, the name of this podcast is, you know, create your best year podcast. And so I'm, I'm always curious to know, what you know my amazing friends and and my guests are are doing to create their best year and and if there's one thing that they can leave us with on how maybe how we can create our our own best year what are you doing kevin to create your best year well i've i've been thinking about this year my best year since last september and i'm going to lead up to answering your question so last september i started really thinking about what do i want to do in 2024 where do I want to be? What do I truly love? What really makes me happy? So I sat down and wrote some of those things down. I said, well, in order for me to be happy, to be more free, for me, I must resign from my corporate job. Yeah. So I resigned from my corporate America job in, on December 18th. Here we are in 2024. That was a really huge decision. And I did it without having another job lined up. Okay. That took a lot of courage. Absolutely. Congratulations. Thank you. So you said the question is, you know, the better me in 2024, more freedom. More freedom. More freedom. More freedom because we don't know how many summers we have left, number one. Number two, it's not about accumulating things. It's about building sincere relationships and accumulating experiences. Yes. It's about traveling the world. And I'm saying this for me. It's about traveling the world and helping people and help build things. That's what I'm doing in 2024. 
Oh my God. Loving the world, helping people, being curious, keep practicing my Spanish. I was just in South America for a month, going to Cuba on Sunday for a week. And who knows where else I'll go after that. I'm living out of my suitcase. I'm renting my house out. (laughs) I'm living out of a suitcase, but really be light so that I can be that global citizen to be that happy, free, earthly. Be light, be light. And so, oh, yeah, be light. Thank you, Kevin, so much. And what, what, I mean, I'm I'm not going to ask you anything else because right then and there you you told us so much around preparation and really planning for your freedom having courage and now living out what that freedom looks like for you and being curious um and i know the sky's the limit it's very liberating it's very liberating and you know my entire life i've always been super organized and disciplined and always had, you know, two or three things going on at the same time. I still have multiple things going on at the same time. But at any rate, now it's it's a different feeling to be even more connected to the planet and be more connected to the universe because of that. Freedom to choose. Freedom to choose. Yes. I yes. made the choice to accept this invitation from you or people like you. I, I choose to work with and interact with, you know, positive people like ourselves. Yeah. So that's really, that's really powerful. It is, it is, it is. Overall, just to kind of cap it, for me, for 2024, freedom and happiness. Freedom and happiness. And so it is, my friend. And so it is. Um, Felicidad y libertad. Gracias. Igual. Thank you so much, Kevin. We're going to include um, uh, a link to Kevin's book and where you can find Kevin. You want to connect with him um, and learn more from him. Again, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Have a wonderful day. Have a great year, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey friends, thank you so much for being with us. To learn how you can create your best year, get the book, take the course, and learn more, visit clarifying.com. That's C-L-A-R-A-F-Y-I-N-G.com. And remember, let the universe hear what you want this year.